0: God's telling you today, in this faith walk, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days. All the days. Nobody stops your progress and your blessing all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And he he wraps it up in this this part. I encourage you to go back and read some of this because there's some how-to stuff I'd love to teach but can't, can't today. I will not leave you or forsake you. He says, I was with Moses. Yeah, he's great. God loves your pastor, but he's got something for you. He's got, it's not second best. He's got something for you. I will never leave you. He's saying that to you today. I'm not leaving you or forsaking you. I've got good things for you. we we got to gotta know this before we approach the goodness of God, or it'll sound cliche and we'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then our yabbits get in place. Of what God says, and we don't. There's blockades to receive that. So if you've been, if this, what this does is it empowers us. So we're not blaming anybody. Well, I could be in that position if it wasn't for them. Everybody likes them better than they do me. Well, maybe you're not friendly. <laughs> Just you know, well, maybe you're. Maybe they've known him longer. Don't worry about it. It isn't. another person. Who Who is it in this faith walk? You, and God. That's what he told to Joshua. He told Joshua, "It's you and me. I'll carry you through this if you'll stay faithful and you'll you'll meditate on my word. You'll look at what I ask you to do. You observe and you do those things. I'll carry you through this. It's you and me. Don't don't look around you. So let let's think about what God has for us and 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 where He's taking us. What has He placed in your heart? I know that He wants to give you specific revelation today. What happens is it it. It, it brings us back to a place where we're looking at God in his goodness. We're believing him as our only source. And then there's no pressure. H- have you ever been in a relationship where someone put pressure on you to do something? And you're, you're thinking, I'm not God. Maybe you even said that. I'm not God. They're, they're putting pressure on you to maybe you're the one to be their happiness source or you're the one to be their financial support, or you're the one to fix all this family conflict situation, or you're the one to, and the pressure can come from all sides if we don't recognize that God is our source, and that's plenty. That's huge. It's really, really big. Um, in the 50s, I, I'm third generation Pentecost. I'm blessed. If you're not, maybe you're sitting there thinking, she's got an advantage that I don't have. No man shall be able to stand before you. You're adopted in. You're going to have a big, huge testimony. So here we go. Um, So third generation, Pentecost, and in the 50s, um, I heard stories about this when I was a young girl in the 70s, and I remember going to see my grandparents, and they had... They would go to Oral Roberts' tent revivals where there were hundreds and thousands, literally thousands of people would flock to these open-air meetings, and they did the tent meetings because there weren't buildings big enough to hold the crowds. Another reason why they did this is because Oral Roberts, the great healing evangelist, was not really welcome in some of the faith circles and some of the traditional faith circles. And here's the reason why. He, he said something like this. His foundational teaching was, God is good. He had a song, and they they would play it over the airways when he later became a television evangelist. Something good is going to happen to you. Christians got mad. How does he know? How does he know what God's going to do? How, how can he say that about me? They wouldn't receive. I don't know if in Christian circles sometimes someone would come in and have a great blessing, and another Christian would say, Well, you can't be rich and serve God. Probably did happen. You see that mindset? Or someone might do some good deed and they would they think they're all that. You know, I'm sure it happened in Christian circles. But Oral robbers just continued, and people would would lambast him and say horrible things about him. Why? Because he believed in the goodness of God. He believed that God's goodness would fix anything in your life. Some, some of the Christians stayed away, but it's like John taught us last week about the blind man. Remember when he was healed? And they said, who is this man that healed you? They're questioning all about Jesus. Is he a sinner? He's a sinner. Or he wouldn't be healing on the Sabbath day. He wouldn't be doing work on the Sabbath day. And the blind man said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I just know I was blind now. I see. Or Roberts, many would say, I, I don't know about all that. I don't know what he teaches. I just know my mother was in a wheelchair, and now she's walking. I just know that my, my friend was deaf, and, and now they can hear. So the goodness of God, you want to just kind of roll right over stuff that you've heard about God and let him reveal some things to you today about himself. Um, another thing, I, before, we, before we start, Another reason why I believe people often had times, hard times and still do today, right, um, still do today with hearing about the goodness of God is because they would say, it's not happening in my life. Okay, we're, we're not going to stick to our experiences. As you sit there and you think, well, that's never happened to me. God's not holding out on you. There can be blockades to his blessing. Not walking in love, huge one. Not walking in love, Um It'll, it'll block God's word walking, in, working in your life. It'll block, block the promises of God. God's love for you is unconditional, but his promises are conditional. You've got to look at the ifs and the becauses where his promises are concerned. So there are reasons. Well, I, I wonder what the reason is why I haven't access. There probably are reasons. If you want to know, ask the Lord privately yourself and be completely open, and here's what you do. When you figure out where you're wrong, you repent. Like I did this week, and I'm looking at those scriptures. Lord, are you, that, can that mean what it says? And then I have to say, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with God. It, it means what it says. I'm just not in a place to receive it because I'm thinking of my own experience. Do you want to keep your experience, or do you want to come up? I'm coming up. I'm coming up. John and I are not where we used to be 20, 25 years ago. We're not, we're not near there. But we're not where we want to be. We are coming up, we are going somewhere, and I want you to get a glimpse of what God wants for you and your future today. I want us to go right now to Psalm 23. This is, again, all of this can be so cliche, one of the best uh, known scriptures, most popular passages in scripture. I want you to see it with new eyes. Some of you could probably quote it. So I want you to see it with new eyes like you've never read it before. Pretend you just got in here today. You don't know all the religious jargon, stuff that people have told you to disqualify what God wants to do in your life. Get get rid of all that, and let's look at Psalm 23. We're going to break it down. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I want to stop there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You may want to jot down some notes, and you may want to study this all week long and pray it. That means what it says. Now, you may have heard, well, God, he'll meet your needs, but he won't meet your desires. Well, let's go to Psalm 37, 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, the way we establish whether God really means something is it usually appears, that principle appears two to three times in Scripture, and then it's God meant it. And In fact, that's what we use to establish law around us. If there's two or three witnesses, then someone is proven guilty, not guilty. The testimony stands. Let's get a third one. There's so many. Psalms 8411. The Lord God is a sun and shield, He gives grace and glory. No good thing, it says it. I'm not going to make any excuses. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. Or it says in other versions, for, for those who obey him. No good thing will he withhold. That's huge. Now some of you are thinking, oh, that means spiritual things. I want to go back to Moses. I hadn't planned on doing this right quick, but I'm going to go there right quick. I just want to remind you of something that God said to Moses. Moses asked him, he said, Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. And God said to him, I'm going to put you right here in the cleft of the rock and make my goodness pass before you. Listen, friends, if we're wanting God's glory to shine through us apart from his goodness, it isn't going to happen. If you're as mean as a black snake during the week, <laughs> Lord, glorify yourself in my life. And how would I do that? God said to Moses, I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. We, we think, oh, I just came into a situation and I came to this service and the glory of God filled the place. Unless there was some goodness that followed that, some lasting effects that followed that, then could we? Could it have been just an experience? That's different. But the glory of God in our lives will be accompanied by goodness. Accompanied by goodness. You, you, you and I can't give away something we don't have. One thing that was said of Jesus is he went about preaching, teaching. I think it's teaching. Teaching and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. He went about doing good. the glory of God. Do good. Do good when everything in you wants to fight. Do good. You can't give away what you don't have. See, that's why we want to be aware of the goodness of God and be so filled up with that today that that there's something to give away. If you're feeling like, I don't feel like doing good, don't worry about that. You will at the end of the service because you're going to download the goodness of God until it bubbles up this week and, and in your life in the future. The goodness of God Okay, so it goes on to say, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, John and I raise cows, and we know that grazing animals, like sheep, they don't lay down if they're not fully satisfied. They roam, in fact. They'll just stand and, and roam and graze all day long, all day. They'll graze and graze, and then in the evening, oftentimes, they'll find shade and they'll, they'll lay down. You remember that? We, we know when they lay down, they're full, they're satisfied. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He will satisfy you. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I want you just to take note of that word soul right there. You are a spirit. Your spirit, that's where God dwells. That's, your, that's the part of you that's created in the image of God. You are a spirit. You're not a mind and a body, you are a spirit thing. You have a soul, and you live in a body. It's your house. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. He restores my soul. If antidepressants have been your major thing, God has something new for you. I'm not your doctor. You need to wait until, until you get the, the okay to go off of those medications. It's not a sin to be on medications. But he will restore your soul, your mind, your will. If you have that, maybe you've been racked by uh, addictions from the past or, or whatever. He can work such a work in your will that your want to changes. He restores my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Let's look at this. He leads me, I like the S on paths. I love, love, love the word. This is the way I do in the morning. Sometimes John and I, we have to keep in our separate corners. Really. And then we come together right before I clock in at work, and we get to preach into each other, and we're just like, and did you see, that says paths. Not just one path, there's many paths. And so we, we just preach. He was preaching this morning. May and uh, on our sweet foster granddaughter, were um, at the house this morning, and he comes in, and he's gotten a revelation out on the patio, not even his day to preach. <laughs> and so he, he got this revelation and he's preaching, and, and the three of us are listening. And so he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Let, let's take the, the, the scripture ease out of it, or the, the Christian ease. We don't want to ever take the scripture out, but let's take the Christian ease out. Righteousness would just mean right paths. If you've ever gotten off, oftentimes here's where error comes. Well, things didn't work out right. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted, but I'm sure it was all God's plan. Don't say that to anybody. Because will they want what you want? Or are they going to want to come on over to this side? No. He leads me in paths of rightness for his reputation's sake. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's him. Uh, the devil, excuse me. Woo! If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the enemy, and there's no two ways around that. So let's look a little further. Um, I love the 23rd Psalm. Shall we pray it? Read it over your life. Let the Lord speak in color as to what that looks like in your life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, we're living in times that are really challenging in the world around us. We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death with no fear if we know God is with us, if we're consistently reminding ourselves. What a good, good shepherd we serve. Now, if, if I were to say to you, you know, here's this friend of mine. I've been studying shepherding and all of this. And, and look at this friend of mine. He's a good shepherd. Look how he takes care of his sheep, and you looked out there and you saw mange. You saw sick sheep, and I would say, look, and you'd look at the shepherd, and maybe he looked great, but then you look at these sheep, and they're they're all sick, and they're they're not well, and I would just try to convince you. Are you going to believe me that that's a good shepherd? You're not you're going to think, well, something's wrong here. You see, God's glory is going to shine in your life when we receive the goodness of God, when we allow the goodness of God to envelop us, when we take limits off our thinking where he is concerned, and we're not expecting when we wake up in the morning and we're sitting there on the edge of our bed, you know, yesterday was a rotten. today's going to be rotten. If our expectations are not in the goodness of God, we'll be blinded when it does come. We can become so acclimated and even have a habit of negativity and we just say, I'm just Irish or whatever we would say. The poor Irish, they get beat up, don't they? Um, We might say, that's just the way I am or I'm just a realist. When in fact we're blocking the goodness of God, by negative expectations and by, by an atmosphere of negativity. And so we don't see the goodness of God in our lives. Let's, let's look at this. You, I will fear no evil. Lisa spoke a little bit about choice earlier. I will. That's, a, that's an act of choice. You have the power. I will fear no evil. Do You know, fear is not just a feeling. You can have the feelings of fear and walk in faith. I want you to know that. You can, have, you can have, you know, just real uh, sweaty palms. You can have your knees quaking and walk in faith. Because faith is a choice. Faith is a decision to do what you've already been thinking about. That's why we come on Sundays and we, we put things in our life because we've got Monday through Saturday. Hopefully you're always putting God's Word in your life throughout the week. But that's the way people live strong. Hopefully no one ever... You, did they tell you this that you come in church and everything's going to be okay, or that's what it takes to walk in victory? No, no, no. The school is out there, school—you get, you're getting everything you need. You're, you're learning some things, not everything you need, but you're getting some things that you need in the house of God so that you can go and do those things during the week. So this is this is just a, a hotbed of faith, um, impetus to move you forward. So let's look at staff. Um, you know, I, I wanted to look this up because uh, I didn't think it quite went with the goodness of God some of the things I had thought. So what did I do? If I, if I look at something and it doesn't agree with what I already thought, always thought, maybe even been taught in a church setting, then I say, well, looky there. That's what the Bible says. So what I thought before, I'm going to have to change it to, to make this the final authority in my life. Are, are you ready to do that? So your rod and staff—they comfort me. I've got a picture for you here. The the staff is is the the crook, in this this that's the staff. The other one's the rod. So this is oh, come for me. That's cool. I didn't even see that out there. Good job, Luke. Thy rod and thy staff—they comfort me or they come for me. That's awesome because the staff with the crook represents rescue, a shepherd. Um, we still have, you know, many places in the Middle East and probably even here in the U.S. I know there are places where there's lots of herding communities and sheep herding communities. And so this, the whole thing about the staff is if a sheep gets in deep waters, that, that hook can then be used to, to rescue the sheep. Um, if, if he's caught in a thicket, then that, that hook can be used. Um, I'm so glad the shepherd doesn't say, well, you got what you deserve. Have you ever said that to your children? We we need to take that out of it, moms and dads. Let's take that out of it. Well, it, you deserve it. That that crook is when he got off the path. The good shepherd hooks him back in. And says, "Come on back over here. Yeah, let's get back on the right path." You see, if we understand the goodness of God, then we won't look at other people when they get off the path and say, I knew it was just a matter of time. Not in this house. Not in this house. The good shepherd rescues the sheep that got off track. And then the rod. Did you know that the rod is not for spanking? Some, some parents have used this and, and thought, well, there you go, and used it for their children. You know, the rod will correct you, my child. I'm all for spanking. We spanked ours often. But if they didn't need it, if they didn't need it, they didn't need it. I could have raised you, sugar, with a feather. But thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod is for counting. They would, When they're coming into the, the sheepfold at night, you remember he'll leave the 99 and go for the 1? The rod is a counting mechanism. What, what about this? This is what came to my mind. Jesus said this, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I'm telling you guys, we're, we don't know how good he is. He's so good he has your hairs numbered. Does he not know when there's malady in your body? Does he not know when there's some money missing from that account? And maybe you would say to yourself, but Lord, if I, worked, if I worked harder, if I did more, it'll never be enough. Not in this life. Not with the cursed world we live in. We serve a good God who will rescue you and teach you and train you and set you on a path of righteousness. His rod and staff, they comfort me. I'm not afraid of his rod and staff. They comfort me. They're my mainstay. I watched a video this week um, just to, you know, doing some study about the whole shepherd thing. And I saw several um, video footages that showed a shepherd calling to his sheep. And so what they would do is they would, they would bring, one was a, a group of school students, and they allowed the, the students to stand up there and yell out at this flock of sheep. And, you know, they laugh as they walk off, and the sheep just continue to graze. And that happens a few times, and then the shepherd walks up. And he says, come you, come you, come, come you. And those heads perk up, and here they come. The the children say, come, 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 come you, come you. No. You know what God uses to wreck you in life? His voice. My sheep... Know my voice and a strange voice they will not follow. You and I have got to become more and more familiar with his, his voice because he wants to lead you with his voice, not with a rod. He leads you with his voice. He leads you by his word. Well, you know, that happened in their life because they deserved it. That happened in their life because you and I are going to leave this place and know like we've never known before. God is good. He's good and he has good things for us. And then then maybe you're sitting there and you're still wrestling. Yeah, but what if bad things happen? What does that mean? Go back to January when we talked on the blessing. There's a blessing that God initiated. That's what this world was created under. And then what happened? Man sinned and it ushered in the curse. The curse is automatic. If God is good, why why are people starving in Africa? The curse is operating. Never again will we say, well, why this? Why that? And then personalize it. When bad things come in your life, we as Christians don't want to say, well, God, is that you? No. He can speak to you. He can teach you with his word. He does not need to lambast you and give you horrible circumstances. You wouldn't do that to your own children, would you? If if you're, if you're in your heart, you're going, well, maybe yes. Maybe they need to learn something. That's just, that's just immediate anger coming up. It is. So we want to deal with that and recognize if all your needs were met, if you had the capacity to fix everything in your life, would you then not share that with that child? You see, what the Bible says is it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance, not hellfire and brimstone. It is the goodness of God that draws men to repentance for men to come and change. Now, you might be thinking, well, Gwen, are you just going to give people a license to sin today? No. If they're sinning, they don't understand the goodness of God. Right. The goodness of God will empower you to change. Yes. Don't live a day in your life with guilt swimming over your head. If you're hearing such things like, you didn't do what you should have done, don't don't picture the Father. That's not Him. Learn to recognize Him. Have you ever... Maybe you've had some, you've known someone and, and people talk badly about that person. They're talking and you hear some things and they're talking badly. Might be the new employee, might be the new person in class. Maybe it happened when you were in school. They're talking badly and then you actually get to know that person and you're thinking they're nothing like what they said. God may not be anything like what you thought He was all your life. Get to know Him based on what He says. His goodness and mercy follow you. Uh, okay, so let's let's move on. It says in verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So, you know, sheep will not eat if there's too much stress. Mainly, you know what they're mainly sensitive to, I found out? I kept looking to see. I wanted to find this. See, again, I have to, I have to preach what the Bible says, not what I want it to say. But I wanted to find that, okay, if they're hungry or if their needs are not met, the main thing, it it might could include that, but the main thing that stresses them is temperature change, extreme heat or extreme cold. Well, then I had to come back to this. Are we not often really affected by the atmosphere in our our culture? It's stressful. It's stressing. And so that can cause the sheep then not to eat, not to stay healthy, They'll, they'll instead be a little bit nervous. They'll, they'll tend to, to, to pick at each other. I mean, There's just so much in this. I also had heard for many years that sheep are dumb. Sheep are not dumb. Sheep are intelligent. Um, they, they have a little bit of a laser focus, but they're intelligent animals. So uh, you may have heard, well, you know, the, the reason Jesus equated us to sheep is because we're all a bunch, bunch of dummies. I, I couldn't find that anywhere. You're smart. So, he anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. My cup overflows. It does not say he anoints my head with oil until my cup is full. Have you been reading it that way? You, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, so the enemy to the sheep would be extreme temperatures. What's your enemy? John had you write a list a few weeks ago of, uh, threats, things that were threatening your life and a locust list. And so think about that. You prepare a table. if, if you're under stress and things are really uh, lots of tension or you get fl- flooded with with bad news, the last thing you want to do is sit down to a steak you know or to sit down and eat. most of us when things if we get bad news of the major things, death of a family member, things like that, we're not like looking for a snack. This says, you prepare a table before me. What a sense of peace. I'm going to sit down and relax. You prepare a table before me and the presence of those enemies, those things that that threaten to take my peace. You anoint my head with oil. When I looked at oil in the Old Testament, do you know what what oil is a, a symbol of? Oil was used in the Old Testament as kingship. They anointed kings. They anointed prophets to step into a place of authority. He is anointing you with authority. But you're not really taking your authority unless you're speaking, unless you're speaking His words and declaring His ways over the situation and circumstance to make it change. You anoint my head with oil. In the New Testament, it's all about power. Oil in the New Testament is available to anyone, not just the kings or the prophets. But to anyone in the New Testament, the anointing of God is for you. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Doesn't God know when the cup is full? Why, does he, why doesn't he stop when it's just a little bit from the top? Did you know that as we're sitting here this morning, there are enough bananas and coconuts falling from trees in the in the jungle, that there's more than the animals can even eat. You see, we've been inundated with there's not enough. We've been told that, the, that we humans are populating this earth to such a degree that we're harmful to the earth. That's not true. I'm here to debunk that this morning. God knew before he created the earth how much capacity it needed. Have you ever driven out west to Wyoming? You can go for half a day and not see a house. Am I kidding, babe? Uh, half a day and not see another human being. You just see people cross the road. You can go out to the plains of Iowa and nothing for as far as the eye can see but land. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not a problem. Or there's not a problem with too too little. You see, we've got to renew our minds to this or we think, well, they've got a bunch. We better go get some of theirs because there's this little pie. And, and if, we, if we don't have enough pieces, then what? God is good. He is your source. There's enough money in the earth to make every one of you rich and your children and your grandchildren and beyond after that. Now, I didn't say he would rain it from heaven. You might have to work for it. You might have to sow a seed in your community and get a blessing back in the way of a paycheck. God is bigger than we think he is. The world is not running out. Don't listen to that. We don't want it. What's the problem with it, guys? If we listen to it, won't we be more frugal? No, we'll get more stingy. We'll get more stingy. I've got to get what I have and keep it to myself. What if you had enough to share? That's why God's in the overflow. Doesn't He know when it's spilling out on the table? You're supposed to get a cup and. Put your cup under there so you can go share with your neighbor. When it overflows and you get another stimulus check that you don't need because you didn't lose your job. What are you going to do with it? Well, one day when I make it big, when I retire, then I'm going to give. No, you won't. You'll give now because giving is who you are, not what you do. God is good. God is so good. Listen, daddy. God is so good that your children need to hear you in the other room. Nobody's around. You don't even know that little one's back there. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. Who you blessed us. Nobody no. They, you're not teaching them. Now, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. That's for another time. It's just who you are. You get out of the vehicle. And before you know it, you didn't even see that child. And you were saying, oh, God, I just thank you why that's what will increase your capacity for more maybe you've been thinking well i wonder why i don't have more i should be working a fourth job no no (laughs) what we want to do is be thankful foster the thankfulness of god be aware of his goodness and declare it don't go blind to things and when we pray for something and maybe it it takes a couple of months for that to actually happen and one day we wake up and we're like you know I, i i think i prayed about that isn't that interesting? See, this is sometimes what we'll do. We don't want to do this. I prayed that I get that raise, right, and then I talked to the boss, and then who knew that? That's interesting. We don't want to say, that's interesting. We're saying, thank you, God. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. Why? Consider this. You have a neighbor. You, you go to your neighbor, and you're over there, and you're, you're doing good deeds for your neighbor. One time you take him a pie. Another time you go over there, and you're weed-eating around your mailbox, so you weed eat around his mailboxes. You're just doing good deeds, and he does something like this every once in a while. Goes to and from his vehicle. You wave. You find out that maybe, maybe something happened in their lives, and, and there was a death in the family. You take over something to them. And he opens the door, Hmm. shuts the door. Have we done that with God where we discount things? Well, look at that. Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine how that turned around? If it's good, it's God. One day we're going to stand before him and we won't even, we'll be amazed at the path that he took us that was Filled with goodness and mercy and health and healing and prosperity. That's what he has for you. Let's increase our capacity to understand that as I'm wrapping up today. God is so, so good. His goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. Doesn't that sound like confidence? All the days. Not when you're older. Well, I guess, I guess I'm guess i just getting older so I'm expecting sickness, disease for my body to break down. We don't have to expect that. Goodness and mercy. His healing covenant is for you all the days of your life. God is good. He's not withholding anything from you. Let's don't discount His goodness. Let's don't discount who He is in our lives. Let's increase our level of thankfulness. When someone get, gives us something, as we can. Let's start today with our families. That's where our families are where we're really called to walk in righteousness like like no other because those people see us day in, day out, right? They see us day in, day out. And we if we can do it in the family unit, you can do it out there. Hands down. If you can do it in the family unit with the constant wear and tear that just relationships can take on the day in, day out. It's just, that's just nature. You might be thinking, well, she doesn't know how, what my family's like. Listen, we're all human too, the Miller Bunch. We've got stuff. But if we can walk in godliness in our homes, there's amazing stuff that can happen in our communities. surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God has good things for you. I can't tell you any different. I'm not going to water it down. He's got clothes for you. He's got food for you. He wants to meet your needs and your desires. He wants to exceed anything that you've thought or asked. He's got good things for you. Now, what is it today? What's your blockade? Because we're going to bring that to the Lord. I want you to repent. What does repentance mean? To change the way we think. I want you to repent for all the things that you've thought about God. That, well, he's bringing this to me because I'm so hard-headed that I can't learn it any other way. His mercy is for the hard-headed. His mercy is for the hard-headed. The undeserved things come from him. God wants to bless your life. I want to pray a blessing on you. Father, I just pray a blessing on everyone under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for your word that tells us you are good, you are good, you are good. And Lord, we just repent of anything that we we called you and we blamed on you that was not you. Sickness, disease, um, a family member taken too early, that wasn't you. And so I I just, I, I ask you, Lord, to correct us as we're sitting in our places. Things that we've called you, we've blamed on you. We just repent right now and we say, Lord, I thank you that you're good. Would you say that? Thank you, Lord, that you're good. Would you say that? Thank you, Lord, that you're good. Thank you, Lord, that you're a good, good shepherd. And Lord, we will receive from you and we'll, we'll bring forth glory in the earth and share your goodness with people and make famous your name. You're good, Lord, and we thank you for that. Amen.